In Jeremiah 12, 5, God challenges Jeremiah, If you have run with men and they have tired you out, how will you compete with horses? God offers you a similar challenge to live a life of biblical discipleship and to build a healthy marriage and a godly family. He never promises it will be easy, but it will always be worth it. Are you ready to run with horses? Hello, this is Norman, and welcome to Run With Horses. Hopefully you're having a great day, as always. We are here in Wisconsin, and it is a beautiful sunny day again, so I'm enjoying it. I don't know about you. So the last show, we talked about being too busy, and I don't know about you, but as I have continued to think about that, I just realized it's just very easy to be too busy, to have the day from the time you get up until the time you go to bed crammed full of activity, not necessarily always good activity, which that's why we spent the last show talking about putting the big rocks in first. So I do want to confirm today, yes, we all have a lot to do, and we'd all like to get those important things done. So that's the big rocks we talked about last time, or at least you'd like to get them worked on, right? So we talked about putting the big rocks in first. We were primarily talking about scheduling. And when we think about scheduling, that's really a calendar issue, right? We're talking about putting it in your calendar, on your calendar, so that you have a time to work on it, so that it is prioritized in at least that one place on your calendar. Of course, that's assuming you look at your calendar. That's assuming you go by a calendar to begin with, that you have a certain minimal amount of structure in your day. And most of us probably have that if you have a job. You have at least some minimal structure where someone is telling you what you need to be doing during some of your day. But what do you do with the rest of it? And you do need some kind of structure for that too if you're going to accomplish anything really worthwhile outside of your work hours. But once you get to that time, You've put the big rocks in, it's on your calendar, you have time set apart for those important things of life, what exactly do you do with that time? And that's the topic of today's show. I want to start by just sharing a book that I came across several years ago, and I think I've always been the kind of person that tries to cram a little more into your day. We talked about that last show. You put in the big rocks, the the pebbles, the sand, and then pour the water in. Yeah, there's always a little more you can fit in, right? I've always kind of been that, that person. Well, in an effort to maybe change that and smooth out my life, I was looking at different organizational systems and books, and someone introduced me to the book, Getting Things Done by David Allen. And of course, that title right away struck me as I want to read that one, Getting Things Done. Yeah, I I want to get something done. So what it really is, it's it's a fairly simple and it's a good system of organization that I actually highly recommend the book. If you have a complicated and busy life and you want to see multiple areas of life going forward, so by multiple areas, I mean your spiritual life, your work, maybe things around the house, your family, hobbies, you have different areas of life, different categories of life where you want to see some kind of progress. And if your life's complicated and it's busy, you need some way of um, overall applying some some structure to that, right? So today I'm not going to go over the whole system, but there's one key point that it by itself may be enough for you to really take hold of your life 
and make progress if it's not too complicated. And really this one key point, it alone maybe is the 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 key holding David Allen's whole system together together. So getting things done. Everything in life that you intend to work on or make any progress on, you need to know how to make progress in that area. So you need to know both the the path forward. There's kind of a series of steps to accomplish something. So one of the illustrations that David uses in the book is like buying tires. Okay, that is a project. And he would call everything in life a project. So look at the project. What are the steps to accomplish that that goal? The problem is with something like putting tires on the car, we just put buy new tires or put tires on the car. And that's what we put on our to-do list. But it's, it's really too broad because it's usually not one step. So what are the steps? And you need to really break it down if you want to see progress on it. So what's the next step? And he calls that next step the next action. So the first step toward getting your tires on might be to call and get an estimate to figure out what kind of tires you need, how much they cost. So you might call two or three places to get estimates. That might be the first step. That's your next action then. The step after that would be deciding a place and actually scheduling a time to take your car in. And then you'd have taking your car in. So you have multiple steps, even for this simple thing like put new tires on the car. So it, it almost seems too obvious, but you know how often do you have a project that needs working on but you aren't really sure how to move forward with it. It's because you haven't spent that time thinking about the path, the steps forward toward accomplishing that goal. So for me, I'm really concerned about my spiritual life and your spiritual life, and that's really where we want to focus on. So let's look at some examples considering our spiritual life. Well, as an example, many people would say, I just don't know the Bible well enough. And that's probably true for all of us. <laughs> the, the problem is, if you leave it there, if you don't have steps forward, a pathway forward toward changing that, then it really is not going to change. And that's true for every spiritual problem that you have. You can say, well, I have a problem with pride. Okay, step one, acknowledge your problem. That's great. What are steps toward changing that? What are steps toward growing in this area? We really need to think about a path forward, steps forward toward changing our weaknesses. So thinking about that question, that problem, I don't know my Bible as well as I should. You might hear something like, well, I don't know my Bible well enough. I I really should study more. Okay, well, that's not an actual plan. (laughs) That's not a process. There's no pathway there. It's just an acknowledgement of weakness. So there's no clear next step, just a vague feeling of a disquiet, and that things aren't what they could be. Well, to me, that sounds a lot like a recipe for guilt without change. So if you intend to make progress in that area, you're going to have to come up with a next step, a next action for every area where you actually are intending to change. So when we looked at our big rocks last time, we're asking you to consider your priorities and the things that you really do want to make progress on. So your big rocks in life should be the things that really are, they're critical, they're important. You value these things. You want to see progress. You're committed to seeing change in these areas. 
if you have a big rock in your life, you should also have a next action, some idea of a clear path forward toward making progress, toward applying some effort to that area. Think about something even like parenting. You say, well, that's uh, that's too big to be a project of its own. And you're right. Parenting has lots of projects. But if you say parenting, I have children, my family, that's one of my big rocks. So I, I put that on my calendar. I have time that I'm going to be spending on uh, my family. What do you do there? Well, it kind of depends on where your family is, how old they are, uh, your family situation. Are you a single mom? Are you a husband and wife and working together? Are you just a husband working on this by yourself? So lots of things are going to determine what you consider a project to do with your family that are going to determine what your next action is. So you might say, you know, I want to build a better relationship with my um, elementary age son. So that's your project, work on this relationship, what are steps toward that? Well, spending time with them is one thing. So you put that on the calendar. When are times when your schedule and your son's schedule actually will mesh, when they will overlap? That's step one. The step two is then what do you actually do during that time? So you might have to spend some time with your son figuring out what they like to do. What are things they might like to do? And one of the things that I did for all our kids as they were growing up was recommend things that I thought they might enjoy. So, you know, I introduced our son Cameron to small motor mechanics, small engine mechanics, and, you know, got him a book and a couple of videos and a couple of broken lawnmowers. And we worked on these things and get one going, one not so much and work on a, a weed eater and a chainsaw. So he learned some basics of small engine mechanics and said, yeah, he can do it. Actually, probably would be pretty good at it not so interested in really doing that as a hobby or I told him, you know, we could get a motorcycle or something that moves and be more fun, but not so interested. So I've introduced our kids to art, to music, um, to, you know, different crafts, to different skills. You know, my youngest daughter introduced her to photography and then uh, photo editing and then graphic design. And she's taken off with those things. Uh, Two of our kids have already taken off with the music and really enjoy that. So I'm introducing things that I think they might like, and then that gives me a common point to do something with them. It might be playing music together. It might be going on a little photography jaunt where you go someplace that would be cool to take pictures. So what are the things that you can tolerate <laughs> that your child might enjoy? Because it doesn't have to be something that you absolutely love to accomplish your purpose of growing in your relationship with your child. So you need a next action. How do you find it? Well, it's going to be some kind of planning. And I know a lot of people just hate the whole idea of any kind of planning just as like pulling teeth. But that really is how you find a next step, a next action. Fortunately, in this context, a little planning, very little planning goes a very long way. And if the project is important to you, Certainly growing in your ability to understand and apply God's word to your life should qualify as an important project. So we're thinking about that in our spiritual life. It's worth some effort. So whatever the the big project is, whatever that area of life is, if you consider it a big rock, it should be worth a little effort. So going back to our spiritual project of, I don't really know the Bible as well as I should. So it's an important project. It's worth some effort. The higher the priority in your life, the more worthwhile it is to spend some time 
praying and planning on that project. It could be a project where you can invite your family in. It could be a project that's important that you feel like you don't know enough about. You can look for other resources. You don't have to come up with everything on your own. Something like improving in your Bible knowledge or understanding of the Bible, your ability to apply it. Obviously, your pastor would be a good place to start. You may have other Christians in your church who would be good people to ask and just get some input over how to think about, how to pray about, how to plan growing in this area. So almost always, the first step that I recommend is brainstorming. And I enjoy brainstorming. Some people maybe not so much, but I love it. Whether it's using mind maps or just a piece of paper to write down random ideas, brainstorming really can be quite fun. You're just thinking about what are some potential ways I could address this problem? So for growing in your understanding of the Bible, what are your options? That's a good first question. Well, hopefully you already have a good church that you attend that teaches the Bible on a weekly basis. So if not, that would be the first place I would recommend starting. Uh, If you actually had this problem, find a good church that teaches the Bible, join it, go to the Bible studies. Uh, Be aware that the main service times are probably not the only options. Now, you're going to see that's what's published. You might have a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night published, but quite often uh, churches would have weekly Bible studies of various kinds. And how do you find out about them? You know, one way would be to ask, you know, ask the pastor, what are my options? I, I feel like I need to grow in my understanding of the Bible, my ability to apply it. And, you know, what does this church do that I can be part of that might help me? And almost always, there'll be some options for you. That's your first first place I would recommend starting. So when you're brainstorming, you think about all the options related to your local church. Second option, as you ask your pastor for recommendations, might be uh, video courses or books on either specific topics or overviews of the Bible. And realistically, you might get uh, more out of a book or lesson on how to study the Bible. And then you take your own notes as you read through like the New Testament. So there are lots of options. You know, you're not stuck with only one thing. As you think about what your options are for, for anything, brainstorm, uh, blue sky. I mean, you don't have, there's no wrong answer when you're brainstorming. What are your options? Ask other people. Um, in today's world, you probably can Google it and, and come up with uh, five or ten options f- for you. And then you, you need to evaluate those options. Some of them you may say, well, because of time or because of cost, you know, an option, if you feel like you don't understand the Bible well enough, don't know how to apply it, would be Bible college or seminary. Okay, that's an option for some people. Other people would go, yeah, that's just not going to work for me. There are some really good online courses. Uh, Some of them are free. Some of them cost some money. Again, what are the options for you? There are really good books. Some people say, well, I don't really like to read. I would rather listen to it. There are actually podcasts and videos that would do a pretty good job of helping you understand the Bible. So again, you have options. Think through them. And again, I'm using this specific question. I would like to improve my ability to read and understand the Bible. But any question that you have, whether it's a spiritual area or uh, just an area with work or in your family, you can do the same thing. Uh, Take prayer. You could say, I I really would like to uh, improve my prayer life. Start in the exact same place. Brainstorm. What are ways to grow in my prayer life? What are ways to improve my prayer life? How can I grow in my understanding of what prayer is? 
You might say, well, part of that would be an understanding of knowing God, which might lead you to Bible study. You might say, I, I think I'd do better if I prayed with a friend. So you can brainstorm and come up with all these different ideas. Study the prayers of Paul. Invite a friend to pray with you. Um, brainstorm all of your options. Maybe get a notebook and uh, journal your prayers or do a better job of taking prayer requests from people at your church. Or you know, There's all kinds of things you can do. Brainstorm, consider your options, and then choose the ones that make the most sense to you based on who you are. It's still not quite ready for next action, though. If you're serious about any kind of changes and growth, you're going to have to make some decisions. You know, a lot of people don't like to make decisions. They really stress out when they think about making decisions. But you have to. There are a lot of things you could do. The question is, what are you going to do? So you look at your options and you think about maybe logical progressions. There may be a, a series of steps. Say your church has a, um, a small Bible school. Well, you might need to sign up for that. So maybe that's the first step. Uh, you may have to select a online course and sign up for it. If it's a book, you, know, you may have to order the book. What are the steps that will be needed to make this happen? The first one, the one you have to do to get started, that first step on this path, that's your next action. And then once you accomplish it, you go to the next one. So you want to start by reading a book, learning about how to read and study the Bible yourself. First step might be to research book options. If this happens to be one of the ones you're interested in, I have a book recommendation for you, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth by Gordon D. Fee and Douglas Stewart is the one I can recommend. You could choose that as your next action. I'm going to order that book. Well, then after that, you're going to have to set a time, which you should have already picked out from our Big Rocks last time. Have a time when you're going to read this book. You're going to take notes on it. Uh, you're going to begin to work out how to apply this to your own Bible study. So really what we're looking at is breaking any project into the smallest steps and making sure you always know what the next step is. That's your next action. If you keep working on these over time, any project, spiritual, work, family, out in the yard, it will make forward, forward progress. You're always looking at the next, uh, next action. You check it off, you accomplish that, and go on to the next one. It does kind of mean you have to have in your mind or written down somewhere the steps. You know, it's important to recognize there are multiple steps. And if you finish one and don't know what the next one is, then you have to brainstorm again every single time. So the best way to accomplish it is to brainstorm, figure out not just your options, but also the next steps for the path you've chosen and write down this series of steps. So you can just march down the series of steps one action at a time. You know, I challenged you last time to write down uh, a list of the big categories of life, the things that you really care about that are important to you, your big priorities. If you did that, you should also now have some idea of the things in life that are really important to you that you want to apply this next step to. So if you went the extra step, you also marked some time on your calendar to devote to that area of your life. That means today you're ready for this, this activity to figure out your next action for each one of those categories. If you put down your spiritual life as a major priority, you still have to answer the question, what do I do with the time I have devoted to spiritual growth? Uh, this progress 
that you want to see is not going to happen without some intentionality. You know, you, you have to apply some effort. So the process of determining next actions can ensure that you always have something worthwhile that you're working on, something that is moving you forward in your spiritual life. You know, your spiritual growth doesn't just... Well, there's a certain aspect where some of it does just happen automatically. The Holy Spirit is definitely working in you and changing you into the image of Christ. At the same time, like I continue to say over and over again, Paul, as he wrote to Timothy, he challenged him to apply every effort so that others will see your progress. So that's really what we're talking about here when we think about this idea of next actions. Where are the places where you can apply some effort? There's some things that you really can't apply effort to. You, you can't apply effort to your salvation. God has done that for you. But when we think about living out our salvation, working out our salvation, your actions and daily choices, you can apply some effort that will make a difference in your life. And this idea of taking some time and figuring out what the steps are, what are the, the ways that I can apply effort, uh, it, it's important. Too often, I think, we, we lump our spiritual life into this one big category, and we don't really think seriously about it. So when you get saved, when you've accepted Christ your Savior, you go to be with a church, uh, join a church family, and then you don't apply intentional effort a lot of times. You know, just a lot of us, and, and this is I am absolutely guilty of this, for a big chunk of the early part of my life, after I accepted Christ, I went to church. And unfortunately, that's the way I thought of it. I'm going to church, and when I leave, I have left church, and I don't have anything else to do with it until the next Sunday. What that meant is throughout the week, I wasn't very intentional about my spiritual life. I wasn't making efforts to grow. I wasn't really applying a lot of, of effort. So I might have read my Bible some, but it was really more, okay, I had a Bible checklist, and I would check off the things that I was reading and maybe, you know, do a devotional and consider myself good. You know, I, that was it. I read my Bible and maybe said a quick prayer, God, thank you, and move on. <laughs> well, if you're serious about your spiritual life, really, you're going to want to do a little more than that. You're going to want to apply some effort to think about what are the different aspects of my spiritual life that I, I can be thinking about and, and working on. So we've already mentioned today uh, our Bible study. We've mentioned our prayer life. It's also the relationship with the church. It's a really good idea to study Paul's letters and look at the relationship in the church. So particularly things like the one another's. Every time it says one another, so love one another, uh, build one another up, encourage one another, bear one another's burdens. In this, we're talking about our church relationship. That's what the one another's are in the New Testament. It's this church family this special relationship we have with other people who have uh, been united together by the Holy Spirit into one body. So go through Paul's letters and look at this special relationship and ask then, this will be that brainstorming phase, how can I do better at this? God has given me this special relationship with a group of people that he dearly loves, that, that Jesus died for, that he is drawing together and that he is drawing toward himself. He has given us special gifts so that we can serve each other, so that we can build each other up and encourage each other. So how do I do my part in the body? A good question might be, what are my spiritual gifts? So if you want to think in that direction, 
and you're thinking about a next action, you might say, well, my project is I want to grow in my understanding of my spiritual gifts and use them to serve my local church. Awesome. That's a great project. However, you need to break that down into next actions, first steps. So the first step is to brainstorm. How do I learn about my spiritual gifts? Well, there are lots of ways. There are some things called spiritual gift inventories, which give you some idea of what your spiritual gifts might be. They cannot tell you what your spiritual gift is because they can't dis- distinguish between a natural gifts you're born with and the spiritual gifts that God gives you at salvation. Because we have seeds of gifts, I believe, that maybe don't develop until later. And some of those you could be born with and you just have never had an opportunity to use them. So they haven't flowered. Even some spiritual gifts, you have it, but it's kind of buried until you put yourself in a position where you can use it. So the spiritual gift inventory can't tell you what your spiritual gift is, but it can give you some ideas. And I always tell people, it really doesn't matter if it's a spiritual gift or a natural gift, because God gave it to you. (laughs) And all that you have, all that you are, really should be submitted to Him. Your whole life is a spiritual sacrifice. And he wants to use it to build up his church. So whatever gifts you have, he wants to use them. So take the spiritual gifts inventory, have some idea of maybe the things that you're good at, of things that might be your spiritual gifts, and then ask, how can I use this in my local church body? Might mean talking to pastor or deacons or Sunday school teachers and say, hey, these are some things that I'm kind of exploring is how to serve better in line with my gifting of how God made me. Uh, So you brainstorm, get some ideas, and then begin to make steps toward figuring out how that fits in. So brainstorm, prioritize, come up with eventually a next step, which might be uh, contacting somebody that's in charge of a ministry, or it might be uh, learning a little more about how your gift is used in the church. So you have to get started. It takes a little bit of intentionality. You might say, well, my, my church life seems kind of stale, so I'd like to have a project of work in my church life. Well, what might help? I would say spend some time praying for your church leadership throughout the week, uh, volunteer to serve in a different way, reach out to people around you during the week. But that's just a few ideas. You brainstorm and say, how could I develop and increase my relationship, my connection with my church family? There's always something, however small, that you can do that will help you. There are almost always people who you can talk to who will be able to give you advice and encouragement when you say, hey, I'd really like to grow. I'd like to uh, serve better. I would like to uh, grow in my spiritual life. I'd like to mature. There's going to be somebody around you who would like to help you. So pray about it and look for that opportunity to grow in every area of life, but particularly in your spiritual life. And I understand it's easy to get stuck. Life's busy. We have lots of distractions. It can be hard to know what to do next, but keep putting one foot in front of the other and you will eventually get somewhere. Keep pursuing righteousness. Don't give up and don't quit. Keep going forward one step at a time. That's why we always say, keep running. Thanks for joining us today. If you have a question we can address on the show or just want to send us a word of encouragement, send an email to talk at runwithhorses.net. That's T-A-L-K at runwithhorses.net. We look forward to hearing from you. In the meantime, keep running.